Rises up, the shot, and it's good! It's good! Wisconsin has won it! Caddy Wampus, onomatopoeia, and anti-disestablishmentarianism. Bruzewitz to midcourt. Rust has it, lets it go! Yes, it Taylor the 20 to the 50 cuts inside 10 5 touchdown Wisconsin welcome back to another episode of Badger Notes After Dark the one and only Wisconsin Badgers podcast as part of the big banter sports network I am your host Dylan Graff joined with me as always by Brandon Cooper and Jason Long how are we doing today fellas we're back the boys are back in town <laughs> I'll sneak, the, one, I'll sneak one lyric into every goddamn show. I there's no that. chance you're a curling alternate. That's all I'm going to say right here. No, dude, I couldn't <laughs> find. I couldn't find my hat. I think it's at work. I have a Beijing like Olympic athlete like hat. <laughs> Beijing 2020. Like no, that, that, once they got there, I got it from a buddy who works at NBC, and so I'll wear it to the bars, and they're like, "Oh, like were you like?" In the Olympics, I was like, yeah, because I'll be in McFarland, where like a lot of the Olympic curlers are from. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, you know, I was an alternate on the team, fellas. You know, we, we gave it all we had out there, but just couldn't put it through. Maybe if I, maybe if that laid me on the ice, you know, slide some rock, we could have made it. But you've got didn't. a curler's body, you do. Yeah, I, that's exactly like it's super passable. <laughs> be sure to follow Big Banter on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for more exclusive content. <laughs> On this curling, week, curling content, curling content, even. On this week's show, we're going to discuss uh, Wisconsin Badgers' 24-13 victory over Rutgers, uh, kind of preview the Iowa game, talk some betting lines, wrap it up with the what are we doing here moment of the week. All right, fellas, uh, Wisconsin proved a 4-1 and this weekend, uh, perfect 2-0 and in Big Ten, uh, commanding lead in the Big Ten West. That's um, saying something. You know, we we saw some good, we saw some bad this weekend. Uh, Jason, you got any big takeaways from this weekend's game? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that I was right that Rutgers was trash. Uh, they were they weren't totally trash. I just don't think that that game was really that close. Like twenty four thirteen was the final score, but I, I feel like Wisconsin had that game under control a lot. For, for all the game, really. I mean, there was there's different things you can point to to say, like, oh, if Wimsett doesn't throw that pick six, then it's a 10-7 game. It's like, well, yeah, Braylon Allen didn't fumble on the five-yard line. It's a it's a 17-0 game yeah. also at that right. point in time. You know, we settled for field goals early on, too. It's like that, that game could have been 17-0 in the first half. It could have been 30-0 in the first half. Like, I don't think that game was close. Uh, I thought the Badgers handled business, which is what you need to do at home in the Big Ten. Now, if you watch the game, it's like, man, the Badgers should be up by like three touchdowns right now. But thankfully, Rutgers covered plus 14. So I was happy <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, I guess just we'll get going here. Jackson Aker looked awesome. And I wrote down notes when I was watching the game. Definitely Jason's new favorite player. <laughs> 30 right. seconds later after you wrote that i probably messaged the group chat he's yeah, my new favorite player i mean he he ran harder than braylon yeah i mean i thought you know obviously they offer a lot of the same things but like 
he ran well. Like he he took what was given to him every time and then some. He ran hard. It it was hard not to be encouraged by that. And what we see this coming weekend, I think, will go a long way in telling us, you know, who he is as a running back after making that transition. I had his um, player comp as Mike Tolbert. That's what he looked Ooh, like to me. That's a good. And cre- I think credit to you, Dylan, because you kind of called that out like that. You you obviously said you didn't want to compare the two, but that they had similar styles. And and I think that showed like team when he comes in, it's like I almost feel like felt like Rutgers was like, all right, well, Braylon <laughs> Allen's not in the game. And then Jackson Anchor just provided almost another level of that. Just like, punched him right in the mouth. Fresh body. Right. Yeah, I'm going to run through you, not around you. And I don't think Rutgers was ready for that at all. And it just like it, it kind of took the wind out of their sails when they're like, oh, thank God Braylon Allen's out of the game. And then Jackson Anchor's doing the same thing to them. I mean, how on brand is it that Wisconsin runs an air raid, an air raid with two power backs out of the yeah. backfield? Like that, that just seems incredibly on brand. Yeah, that's the dairy raid, man. <laughs> yeah. Back. Well, and then like Allen, like it wasn't one of those blow you away Braylon Allen games, but what twenty carries, a bucko two, something like that. He, he ended out. up going going over a hundred yards. Yeah, twenty one carries, hundred one yards, and a score. I mean, yeah, just like, a, just a good good solid game. He did what you needed him to do. And he was clearly hurt, but yeah, and that that's that's really discouraging. Like, obviously, we've seen him get banged up each of the last two years, and it's why someone like Edgar is so much more important. But like, there's a long way to go on this ride, and I mean, we're in the meat of our schedule right now, and so it's it's discouraging to see him nicked up. But like, to his credit, he still turns out 100 yards and another score. Yeah. Like that says 18th of his career leads all Power Five backs, and and that like. He just finds a way. Even when he's not playing at his best, like he's still finding a way. I was surprised because I didn't think Rutgers did anything that we on defense that we thought they would do. Like they didn't really try to take away Tanner Mordecai running the ball on read options no. or like scrambling. They they didn't stack the box. They didn't really like try to cover. Like I, I don't know. I don't know that I don't know if Rutgers watched any film going into that game because it didn't seem like they really did any. They didn't try to take away any of the things that Wisconsin has been doing well. Johnson hasn't been a ton because we still see that like Tanner Mordecai has been pretty inconsistent throwing the ball, like whether it be drops or his fault or not enough time. But Rutgers, I, I just don't think they played that well on defense. Shiano doesn't watch film just like he doesn't believe in concussions. Yeah, can we do like? 20 seconds on that. That was ridiculous. (laughs) Dude was at best out cold. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and I think more likely concussed. And in a game where, you know, kind of like Jay said, it never felt like we were at risk of losing. It never felt like for all of the ugly that it was at times, like Rutgers wasn't going to win that game. So to sl- to throw him back out there after your backup kind of leads you down. He's a really good drive. That's yeah. what said had a 27 QBR and that backup was two for three with 30 yards. Yeah. Like, yeah. So this you, didn't make a lot of sense. You can, you, get a, you can literally register a higher QBR by spiking the ball into the fucking <laughs> yeah. Like why he was thrown back out there to compromise him like that was beyond me. But uh, you know, also, and especially in that kind of game, like I, it almost was better to have, you know, Evan Simon came in. I think he was more like he's kind of just a better passer in general. It seemed like Wimsett's skill set is to to run the ball, and when they're when they're yeah. not, like the Badgers already made them one dimensional by being up seventeen. So Gavin Wimsett was kind of, I mean, his his skill set was just null. Like they just he, he couldn't really no. use his feet as much because Badgers got a quick lead. Yeah, and overall, like I thought the offense looked decent. I mean, 
Mordecai, if you look at the box score, you're kind of like, eh. But if you watch the game, you felt like, okay, he played a pretty good game. Yeah. He didn't hurt us. That's for sure. Yeah, I I completely agree. And, like, we don't have to go super in-depth on it, but, like, Bordellini was not great under center. Like, he had a lot of misfires on that. And Mordecai, to his credit, like, he he saved a few of those and still was able to, like, get it off. Like, Braylon's first touchdown run there. Yes. that was a hell of a save. And then to still put it in his fucking belly and let him run, like, I don't know. I thought Mordecai made the most of, you know, kind of the hand he was dealt. Yeah, Bordellini needs to do nothing but shotgun snaps every day at practice. <laughs> you got to imagine that he's – it's not like he's just not working on it. So that's like – it's like Jalen Brown not having a left hand. Like, yeah. it's wild. I know he's like, working on it. But that's, cool. It's all he probably does, and then he gets <laughs> in the game, and he probably just freezes up. You know, I don't know if he freezes up. He's thinking about too many things, and just a, it's just so slow. Yeah. Will Pauling, obviously, you know, on offense, like he that was really kind of his coming out party. Like, that was a career high. He had targeted 11 times, eight catches, 68 yards. Like he he looked really good. And I think moving forward, no matter how the offense shakes out, but I, I think he will be our wide receiver one at the very least in terms of targets, like, even though he's a slot. Yeah. Like I think he's very clearly the the best weapon, the person who can separate the easiest. I think he's going to be a focal point in the passing game. Do you know what he looked like? What did he look like? He looks like the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to argue with. Nobody he else like was targeted more than three times. Well, he, he could be about the, it last week. Yeah, and he could be that guy. Yeah, that they, they that we've talked about, like getting getting the ball in other ways. You don't just have to throw him the ball. Get him yeah. the ball in a jet sweep, or you know, or one of those quick touch passes, or anything like that. I think he's that guy that can take like eight touches for him was was good. He averaged eight and a half yards per catch. Like getting him eight to eight to 12 touches a game is going to be critical for the offense. And we know damn well that Phil Longo loves a slot receiver. He said as much before the season started. He said that the only thing he loves more than his wife and children is slot receivers. <laughs> I, I have absolutely no doubt that Will Pauling is going to get peppered. Got to respect a man that loves a slot yeah. receiver. Right. How do you not? I mean, and, and then that kind of flip the script here. Like I thought the defense for the first time all season looked spectacular. And you know why? they kind of reverted back to running more of what they did under Jim Leonard. And yeah. it really comes as no surprise. CJ Getz had a terrific game. He was disruptive. You know, I the biggest thing for me was, you know, our rush defense has been horrible. We hold them to 64 rushing yards, yes. nine yards of carry. And then to me, maybe the biggest reason why we were able to execute it, one missed tackle. We were averaging 11.25 missed tackles a game entering we had one missed tackle. They cleaned a lot of shit up. They went back to defending the run, you know, kind of the way that they were last year. And I thought it made a huge difference. To hold a team like Rutgers to 64 yards when they run the ball 66% of the time on the entire season, it's pretty impressive for a run defense who's been struggling. Yeah. So I was happy with that. Like you said, I think they kind of went back to the Jim Leonard style. Um, another thing, too, talking about Jim Leonard, held Rutgers two for 12 on third down. Jay's been talking about it all season, how with Jim Leonard defense, third down, you were – I was never more confident in a defense than the Jim Leonard one on third down. So to see that was nice. And then Rutgers was uh, one for two on fourth down. Thought they'd go for it a little more, but one for two, whatever. You, if you have 50%, but still, defense played really well. Yeah, I thought the defense did a great job of just making them one-dimensional. Like, they, yeah. they stuffed the run early, early in drives, and then – 
Rutgers had a lot of third and mediums where they just couldn't run the ball. And then like, like we saw, like Gavin Wims, it's just not a precise passer when he's throwing at a, you know, that many passes like that defense only was on the field 61 plays, which, which, you know, every other game they've been over 70. So it's just like, I, that's maybe, I don't know if that had something to do with it. Like they weren't tired, but I thought the defense looked great. And I mean, we all saw it. We've been talking about him a lot. Like, Rico's our guy. He's a dog, man. He's already that was got awesome. four interceptions on the year. Like, obviously, his pick six, they they communicated pre-snap. Like, he read yeah. it like a book. It's just so perfect. Yeah. No, Rico's on fire right now, man. I mean. He had a 90 PFF grade. Like, yeah. Highest graded corner in nuts. the nation this week. That's he, nuts. He was, he was spectacular. He continues to make plays in the secondary. He's already got more interceptions. I mean, he's matched the four interceptions the most since 2019. Like, he he's he's been a real bright spot in a defense that's had very very few standout bright spots this year. Speaking of Rico, I had Gavin Wims that throws the ball like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> True words have never been spoken on this podcast. That was- <laughs> so that I thought that was the other thing about Rico's pick. Like, I thought Wims had an angle on him, and like. Ricardo Holman just had another gear that was like, oh nope, he's he's, he's gone. He's he gone, it gone perfectly. Yeah, I I thought I thought around like the fifty yard line he was going to get caught because it just looked like he had the angle, and then it was like, nope, I'm I'm gone. You're not catching me, and it was just perfect play altogether. And talk like just momentum's a thing. Oh you yeah, that, that all the time. That was. It's a 10-7 game, and they yeah. get the ball back at half. Like straight game at the end of the half, or Rico's made a play. Yeah, he shuts it down. Done it in different ways each time, but I that's mean, what, that's what great players do, man. That's what number one. Yeah, that's a, that that could that game could go totally different. They score the touchdown 10-7, then they get the ball back. Who knows? They go down a score, and it's, you're down 14-10, just like that. Yeah. Instead, we get a pick six to go up 17 nothing, then get a you know a three and out essentially on the opening drive. It's like, all right, this game's kind of you know under under control. I thought the defense did great. And you could tell that just took the air out of Rutgers. After oh, yeah. The six and then the three and out. And being at home helps. Yeah. yeah. John Meta played 22 yeah. snaps, too. I had 22 snaps, second highest graded player on the fucking team. What are yeah. we doing here? <laughs> I, I will say that, like, I'm not ready to buy all the way back into Wisconsin's defense yet. But what I will say is that this is a team that had some very serious flaws, you know, going into the bye week. And it's just one week, but Rutgers is a good football team. They played them well, and a lot of the things that were issues were not on Saturday. So we'll see how they build on that against Iowa. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, we'll rolling into this week against the Hawkeyes. Oh, oh, can I say one more thing, Dylan? Far Sorry, away. I got one more thing too. <laughs> okay. Um, just to, like to me, this officially marks like fall and Big Ten season. Uh, there was combined 467 punt yards in this game, in the Rutgers game. I'll take uh, the over against Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> my my other thing was the third highest rated player on PFF was Jonas DeClona. So, yep. but he only played 10 snaps, but still, it was like true freshman, right? Like yep. out there, had a couple hey, pass breakups, I think. So he did he did great with the opportunities he was given. Yeah. You want to know what's even more crazy about those 10 snaps is those are the first 10 snaps that Rico hasn't played all year. Yeah. He's played all That's of the that. snaps until right then when DeClodon came in. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a well-earned breather, kid. You, so, you, yeah, you, sorry about that, Dylan, but I was like, oh, I got to talk about the punt yards. 
No, no, that uh I mean that's I big Ten that's, 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 what, that's, that's what we've grown to to know and love <laughs> about the Big Ten. Which uh, you know, I guess Plant Yards is the perfect way to roll into, you know, the battle for the Heartland trophy. Um, you know, rolling in this week, this is pretty much I think in a lot of ways gonna play a ginormous role in deciding who is gonna be the winner of the Big Ten West. Wisconsin, you know, can secure the win. They're in pretty good shape rolling, you know, into the home stretch of the year. Uh, Iowa has been kind of a a thorn in our side now for a few years, but they're rolling in old friend Deacon Hill at quarterback. Uh, You know, I've got my thoughts about him, but I'm going to let you boys take it away first. Jason, what are your thoughts going into this week against Iowa? Yeah, I'm a little nervous about this one for whatever reason, just because, like you said, Iowa's kind of had our number there. Like, they've always been that foe in the Big Ten West that that always plays us well, and and Iowa's – a very similar program where they're kind of built on a really strong defense and then an underachieving offense in Wisconsin, you know, they blew everything up this year. They went with new coaches. They brought in a new offense coordinator, new defense coordinator, new head coach, new offense. Well, Iowa didn't, Iowa stayed the same. And, and it's kind of, we're kind of seeing that they rank 130, 130th out of 130 in offense right now. Sometimes so, nepotism doesn't pay off. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like Badgers are favored in this game. I think they'll win, but I mean, it just Iowa has a really good defense. So can Iowa's really good defense? Can Wisconsin score on Iowa's good, really good defense? Because I, I think Wisconsin's defense will be fine against this offense. I don't think they're very good. So I, I think I we'll win. I just am nervous about it. I feel like, like I wouldn't be shocked if when the clock hits zero, Iowa wins like 17 14 and they scored 14 points on defense. Uh, yeah. Or kick return. That would not surprise right. me at all. Punt return. Yeah. They have a white cornerback. And a white punt returner. Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene's a dog, though. He's so. a dog. Certified. Yeah. yeah. He's a killer. And speak, I got, fuck, I'll circle one time back to Rutgers. Dog, Flip Dixon. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a feeling that would come up. Flip Dixon, yeah. dog. You were warned, and we learned. Yeah. We're going to learn today. Yeah, but, I, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I would say one of my favorite storylines this entire college football season is simply the drive for 325. Like, has there ever been a more ridiculous storyline in all of college football? Like, you were so bad well, at your job a year ago that, I mean, I watch the Netflix documentary. I, I changed my perspective on Monte Teo. But uh, to have to have something in your contract saying that if you don't score this many points, like, you have to fire him, like, that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, I just don't think there was any win in that because, like, 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 what happens when if Iowa wins this game and goes on to win the Big Ten West and then they go to the, you know, they go to the conference championship, but they're doing it averaging twenty three points a game or twenty two points a game? <laughs> Are they still going to fire him? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. the other clause is that they win seven games. Like, you set the bar yeah. so fucking low. Like, it just speaks to how little you believe in him. Yeah. Either that or Kirk Ferentz is just going to go for cigarettes and never come back, dude. Just abandon them. It's not the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so bad. And then what was it two weeks ago when he's like, I wish everyone would just crawl out my ass about scoring points. Well, what'd you say, Jay? They have the second worst offense in the fucking nation? Yeah, people are going to be up your ass about scoring points. And speaking yeah. of scoring points, boys, 36 and a half on the over-under. We'll get to it. I know we will, but I just... <laughs> yeah, and, and with... I think we talked about this last week before we did the podcast. Like, 
Deacon Hill is going to transfer to like an FCS school and then all of a sudden is now the starting quarterback of a team tied for the Big Ten West, you know, lead. And you know, obviously McNamara going down was a big – it was something Iowa didn't expect. But like Deacon Hill, like I, I don't know, like he, he's not super mobile. He has a rocket arm and he's not afraid to show it off whether you're five yards away or 50 yards away. And, and, and last week he didn't seem super accurate. So I, I think if you make this team one-dimensional, like – No, I, he's, like, he's got Ben Roethlisberger's build and uh, – less of the arm talent i mean he can i mean i shouldn't say that because he can he can whip a fucking <laughs> he can fly it yeah. yeah but uh in terms of accuracy that's that's an issue i mean they iowa won a game last week where he completed six passes and none of them were to wide receivers yeah and, the, and they won and yeah. they won like that, that's well, incredible tight end you <clears throat> you know i, I guess what we're saying so we're saying I'm friends, boys know how to drop some offense. You know, I, <laughs> I just need to sit down and watch. But Deacon Hill, I mean, this year, obviously it's a very small sample size, but I think if Wisconsin get a little pressure on him, he's completing 34% of his passes when he's under pressure right now for barely over five yards in attempt. I think if they can get if they can get to him, like the offense I was offense is gonna really struggle. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think Wisconsin doing such a good job taking away the run against Rutgers, like is is a big momentum builder for them going up against Iowa because like we said, if they if they make them one dimensional where Deacon Hill has to throw the ball to beat them. I, and that's what I think that's how Wisconsin should attack this game anyways. Like you gotta stack the box, you know, put put eight, nine in the box and make Deacon Hill throw the ball over yeah. your head to to beat you because like he just hasn't done it in a short amount of time playing. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, this this could be a Big Ten game. I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. And so that kind of will get us roll into you know this week's you know uh, DraftKings money line uh, over under all that. So right now it is Iowa plus two eighty or Wisconsin minus three fifty five, and Wisconsin minus nine and a half at home, with the over under at thirty six and a half. Given these lines, is there anything that you want in on this week? If you put a gun to my head I and made me to take the money line, I would take Iowa probably, but I'm not touching any of that, obviously. No. I still think Wisconsin will win this game. Um, I got beat. I got burned last week on, on Wisconsin covering 13 and a half. So, and I got burned on Wisconsin not hitting that over of 44 and 45. I, I doubled down on it. Didn't oh. get it. So, I think I'm riding Iowa plus nine and a half, but I'm back on the over. I'm ready to be hurt again. There's no way this game goes under 36 and a half. Hammer the over. In years, in, in years past, I, I would have never been able to take Wisconsin, Iowa in 36 and a half, but I'm with you, Jay. I, I somehow, some way, I think we can count on Iowa scoring two unconventional touchdowns, certainly not on offense, and then Wisconsin making up for the rest. I I am with you on on taking the over this week. I actually right as we started the show, I saw Wisconsin minus 10. Real quick, how'd your best bets do last week? Uh overall record did good. Emptying the clip did not go well. <laughs> we're on we're on to episode eight, Jason. We're on to a new week. All right. All right. My bad. Looking and forward we're not emptying the clip this week. We're taking we're looking forward. We're taking a week off responsibly. 
fuck. But uh, yeah, I saw Wisconsin minus 10. So I like Iowa plus 10 in this one. I'm going to try and hit that after we get off here at minus 110. I'm on the under, fellas. I'm with Dylan. I think this could hit over 467 combined punt yards from last <laughs> week compared to last week. I'm taking the under 36 and a half. And I don't feel great about it. Just the same as I would the over. So, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Like I, I, I want to believe that we can hit the over, but if, you know, recent history is any indication, like we're foolish for taking that, but you know, I'm, I too am ready to be hurt. I, I, you know, one of these weeks, the offense is going to click. I'm doubtful that it's this week, but what if it is? I should preface this, yeah, by saying like I am not a good gambler. I I don't no. give good gambling advice. Don't don't believe anything I say. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin scored thirty points. Wisconsin's averaging thirty one points a game. I know Iowa's defense is a little different beast, and I know that like, the only time Wisconsin really played a great team was Washington State, and they didn't score thirty points. But I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin scores thirty points. Georgia Southern's a good team. Don't make me argue. With oh, my, that's my bad. That's my bad. That's my bad. I'm so sick of this disrespecting the Sun Belt. <laughs> By the way, we got uh, Georgia Southern James Madison Sun Belt showdown this yeah, week. That's a great. That's going to be a good match. Liberty over and under fifty eight and a half. Give me the over. But yeah, I like I like the under. We'll see. I just I don't know. Yeah, I'd like a reaction. I'd like a request of a reaction video after the over under after this game, just on the over under. Right. Yeah, I, I I would like to co-sign that. Um, you know, I, I I too have grown really partial to any reaction video that you throw up. <laughs> uh, has quietly become one of my favorite things. Agreed. I'll pull one out. I'll pull one out. <clears throat> Give the people what they want. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Just speaking guy of giving, with the internet connection, man. Speaking of giving the people what they want, um, you know, I think we can roll on in, fellas, to the last segment. What are we doing here? Moment of the week. Coop, are you beard up? You are you you ready for this? All right. For anyone listening, he does in fact have he's about to live my life. I came prepared. Um, so I got my main what are we doing here of the week, but we'll go with the little side one quick. I'll try to keep this short. <laughs> so it's Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15th to October 15th. And our work's like, oh, fuck, we should probably do something because we have Hispanic people who work there. Awesome. We should do something. So we get like a work lunch plan and everything, and they announced it at like one of our meetings today, and it's just literally like white people taco night. <laughs> I was like, man, we, this, this looks worse than, dude. I was like, this looks worse than not doing anything. <laughs> and one of the... Uh, ladies who works with us she's from venezuela and she's like she's like why is it all like white mexican <laughs> <laughs> and so she's making like some venezuelan dessert that sounds awesome. but so that's my mini what are we doing here of the week i thought I, <laughs> I had to mention that that literally happened this afternoon i was like oh my god i was like we literally are doing white people taco night this is embarrassing um yeah, not great <laughs> the main what are we doing here of the week dude i was fired up for teams i don't even care about um college football coaching this weekend was an absolute bloodbath we'll get to the big one at the end but um wisconsin ruckers so Rutgers scores a touchdown with four minutes left down 12 and kicks a field goal 
What are we doing here, Greg? I was Young? very confused by that, too. Yeah. Why yeah. would you not go for two? You need two possessions no matter what. And then you're down a field goal. Like, that made that. Uh, that made zero sense to me. It makes sense if you don't think about it. Yeah, well, I thought about it. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, I'm watching the game, and I was like, man, I feel bad for any Rutgers fan who has to watch this right now. This is fucking bad. Looks like Jason Garrett's coaching the fucking team. What are you doing here? <laughs> and then I had Jimbo Fisher. You guys see this shit? So, Jimbo Fisher, tie game, punting on fourth and one at the Alabama 45. Fourth and one against Alabama, tie game. I believe this at was home. the third. At home, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. I believe this was the third quarter. Why are we not going for this? They punt it, touchback. Alabama goes down, scores, gets the lead. Next possession. They are down seven. Fourth and six at the Alabama 45. Oh, gosh. And they do it again. And then I got um, Arizona. Jed Fish didn't know the overtime rules. <laughs> it's week what seven? Week six? It was. How do you not? Know? How do you not know the fucking rules? Pretty yeah. tough to wrap your head around, yeah. And and same to go with that game. Um, USC first and goal at the six yard line with twenty four seconds left. <clears throat> Tie game. Twenty four seconds left. First and goal at the six. Need a field goal to win the game. Arizona played them tough. They throw the ball incomplete. Fumble a snap. Caleb Williams jumps on it. And then a bad snap on the field goal goes over the fucking guy's head. And then they go to triple overtime. Why are we getting cute and throwing the ball, dude? Jason, run the damn ball. It's not complicated. Like, what sometimes coaches make the game way too complicated. It's the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. Right. Like, and then the last one. And then the last one. I'm, he's fired if I'm the athletic director. Shout out to the U. Mario Cristobal is fired if I'm the AD. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how much money we owe him. <laughs> Programs don't bounce back from a loss like this. This is probably the worst coaching decision I have ever seen in my life. Maybe right up there with not giving Marshawn Lynch the football in the Super Bowl. Like, this is at that level. But this wasn't, I mean, I guess this wasn't the Super Bowl. But still, you could have kneeled. To win the game, all you have to do is take a knee, and you win the game. Instead, you hand it off because you want to get a first down, and then the guy fumbles. Georgia Tech recovers, which that was pretty close to not being a fumble. I don't know. That was close. But Georgia Tech recovers, and then they go two plays for, like, what, 70 yards and score a touchdown with one second left? And I don't know if you saw the thing of the guy on the sideline from Miami. He was like – what the fuck are we doing here? What the here? fuck are we doing here? Was it all that's the fucking guy right there. That's, <laughs> that's, that's going to be a meme for the next decade. Yeah. Did you see the conspiracy theory? It was like that running back had 98 yards or 99 yards or something like that. Chris Bowen really? gave over 100. Like that's oh. what, that's like some of the conspiracy theories. Yeah. Dude, if that's remotely true. Right. Even more so. Yeah, we're not we're not playing fucking Madden franchise, yeah, right? Yeah. No, nah, this just their first life. loss of the year too. In a fourteen playoff, like every game matters. That's their first loss of the year. Like that's insane. And like, say they run the table, that that game still like, it could keep them out. There. If there's two yeah. one loss teams and they're looking at a team that you know 
didn't well, lose like that. <laughs> it's, right, we got a team who has a coach. Ohio State Michigan and then that U team. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Like, to me, you either fire him or you hire a guy who literally all he does is clock management. Paul Christ. I, I've wondered for a while now why teams don't start doing that. Like, no. there are kids that are so fucking good at Madden that know all of the situations. You just worry <laughs> about big picture shit. Let, let this dude run the clock. Like, yeah. there's NFL choices yeah. often. Right? NFL teams have that. Guys who just give the coach the clock situation. We do X, Y, or Z, depending on what happens here. And I'm like, ugh. That's correctable. Yeah. All you have to do, the best formation in football, victory fucking formation. And then you win the game. It was a close game against Georgia Tech. You pulled it out. You're still ranked. You might move up in the rankings. You're alive for the college football playoff. But no, your coach, either A, is just a fucking moron, or B, wants to juice his players' fucking stats, and then look what happens. That's what he deserves. That's what you get for not kneeling the ball right there. You deserve that. He done fucked up. Yeah. He cost his team in a major way. It was insanely embarrassing. Jay, you got something for us this week? I do. My my, what are we doing here is uh is actually is actually to your mentions, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> post game, Dylan, you always tweet out, you know, like a badge of fans. What are your what are your reactions to the game? Good, bad, all that. And and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the name of the guy who tweeted it, but but this tweet uh, says, "Where is the famous Phil Longo air raid offense that we heard about all summer?" You look at this offense in Tanner's stats, it looks like Paul Christ is still calling plays. The QB stats look exactly like a Wisconsin QB under Chris. What are we doing here? There's no way that this offense even looks remotely similar to the offense that we had last year. And I'll run you through the first five games. Through five games last year, the Badgers were two and three. This year, we're four and one. I think four wins is better than two. Last year, those... Two, three of those two losses, one was to Ohio State, 52-21. to 21. That's not good. And then we got the not shit good. kicked out of us at home against Illinois, 34-10. At home in Camp Randall to Illinois, 34-10. We averaged 30 points a game at that point, which is not bad. We're currently averaging 31 points a game. That's still a little bit better. Braylon Allen had 6.1 yards per carry. Right now he's averaging 6.5 yards per carry. Pretty similar, still a little bit better. Has more catches now this year than he did all of last year. I know we've said that they're not very far. Still matters. Still more touches. Mertz had 72 completions through five games this year. Mordecai has 102 completions right now. Like, I don't know how you can watch any of the games that we've watched all year and even think that this offense looks kind of similar to a Paul Christ offense. That is absurd. You would think that the Badgers have won 10 straight national champions the way that some of these fans react in Dylan's mentions, how disappointed and how annoyed they are. We're 4-1. and one. We control our own destiny for the Big Ten West. If we win the Big Ten West, we're playing in Indianapolis for a Big Ten title. Like, what else do you want from this team? Like, I don't know what we're doing here. No, I... I, I hear that entirely. I mean, it, we've had a three-year absence now from Indianapolis, and you know, I, I've talked about it. Like, if we don't win the West this year, you know, it, it could be a minute with conference realignment coming in. Like, Wisconsin is going to have a much tougher road to Indianapolis than yeah. they currently do now. You know, you bring in a guy like Luke Fickle to win big games. You get a sixth-year quarterback like Tanner Mordecai to win now. This might be Braylon Allen's last year. Like. No, we might not be one of the 
four best teams, even in the Big Ten. You know, we're probably somewhere around four or five right now, but we are the best team in the West. And I think, you know, after this weekend, we'll be able to say that pretty comfortably. But it, it's huge. Like we are, we are in a position. No, we might not be a great team. We might l- look more like an eight and four team. But at the end of this year, we might be a ten and two team. Like that's just the schedule we've been handed. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I I, I think I there's been a lot more positive than negative. Even though you know we sit sit here sometimes and we have to dissect what we've seen. And there are negatives. There are things that need to be cleaned up. This is not a perfect team. Yeah, and but, I feel like we're we're yeah. pretty we're pretty critical. I feel like of this team. It's not like we've yes. been here stroking Tanner Mordecai's ego all year about how good he's been and how amazing this offense has been. It's not like we've been sitting here and been like, yeah, Phil Longo was called a perfect game every single game. I feel like we've been critical of Phil Longo too. But your mentions, Dylan, are so everything is negative. Nobody thinks anybody's been good at all ever. Like maybe Will Pauling's been okay, as like what half your mentions say, and everybody <laughs> else is like. Everybody else sucks. It's like we're four and one. Like, yeah, let's be a little bit happy that we're four and one, and we control our own destiny in the Big Ten West. You play your schedule. Like we can't. Yes, we can't it's control not, that the East is way right. better than the West. Like it's just, yeah, it's just it, what uh, are we doing here, man? No, I I love that because uh, you know during a win, I, I I love the reactions for all of the same reasons. But any even more recently, just given the amount of hype coming into the season. Even the wins, there's so much dissatisfaction. Yeah, we are two and zero in the Big Ten. You know, you can't can't do better than that. And it's, we're four and one on the season. Like our one loss is to Wazoo, who Wazoo, turns yeah. out they're a good team. Like, has what we've done been perfect? Not even close. But it looks a lot better than a year ago. Yeah, I think we have come a long way as a program, and I definitely believe in where we're heading. We we've I, seen little by little they've they've made corrections. Yes. They, they've shown an ability to adapt. They've come out of halftime after really slow starts and they've gotten after it. Like I, to me that I guess speaks to the coaching staff. Like I, I do believe in, in what they're doing and it's going to take a little time to build exactly what they're trying to build. We had unrealistic expectations coming into this season just because we were so excited for the coaching change and the culture change of the program. Turns out it's going to take a little bit to figure it out. They haven't looked great, but they're four and one. What are we doing here? Matter. Winning is all that matters. How can you be mad leading the West and you're four and one? Yeah. And Dylan's mentions, dude, I love jumping in his mentions and just bickering with people. It's fair one of my warning, favorite things to do. Fair warning for anyone listening: if you ever say something just off the rails enough, like you're about to, you're about to catch a body. Because <laughs> did you see? Like being the one dude on YouTube, it was a pretty good, you know, back and forth. But I, I called the guy sport. <laughs> So you can't come back. Well, we didn't know ball either. <laughs> the ultimate form of disrespect. You can't, you can't come back from that. All right, sport. And then I told him to put, put respect on Georgia Southern and the Sun Belt. Yeah, I told, him, I told him thanks for watching the pod. <laughs> Hope you're listening. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's good stuff, fellas. I always love ending the week on that. I uh, love getting to hear little tidbits. Uh, what you got going on in your lives? You know, if anyone has uh, once again managed to listen to the 38-minute mark, we're happy to have you. Thanks for, you know, giving us another listen here in episode eight. There you go. There you go. We'll catch you all back next week. Until then, on Wisconsin.